Hi, welcome to Funny Minds. And uh, we have a very interesting episode right now with a wonderful woman. And before I go anywhere, um, Dr. Casey Myers is a, is a, was a veteran or is a veteran. So thank you for your service, Casey. I, that's the first thing I have to say. Most thank important you. thing. Okay. Um, Dr. Myers holds many hats. And uh, <laughs> well, she can't wear them all at one time because there's so many of them, you know. And so I'm going to let you tell our audience, you know, we're we're going to peel back the onion, and we're going to let you let everybody know how you started, why you started, what you're into, what makes you happy, and how you make other people happy because that to me is very important. Okay, so I am a certified life coach, but I specialize in sex coaching. I'm an ordained minister. I am a mediator. I also have other coaching specialties. I'm actually studying Reiki now. Um, and so my main focus is helping others to find their purpose. And some of that is by addressing and healing their emotional traumas from their past and their childhood. So, uh, but that also includes as a life coach, I want to be a whole life coach. I don't want to just deal with your business or just deal with a relationship. I want you to really become full circle with who you were placed on this planet to be. So once you tap into your purpose, then um, if you meet somebody or if you don't, then the next thing is making sure that you understand your sexuality, your sexual interest, your sexual preference. Because if you're not meeting somebody, we need to understand what's stopping you if you desire a relationship. So it's really helping people to create the best versions of themselves with what they desire most in their heart. Because it's a lot of times we see a lot of things that, oh, it looks interesting. We think we like it. We think we're going to want it. But in the long run, it's not really good for us. And sometimes it takes trial and error to get to that understanding of what we really want versus what we need and what just looks appealing but has no weight in our mm -hmm. real lives. So my goal is to just help people to come to a better understanding of themselves by accepting themselves and, and again, addressing the trauma. So I've written books and what makes me happy the most is helping people. So in my own divorce and healing, it helped me to start writing books. And those books really came out of me trying to practice my own faith and me trying to figure out my own purpose. And so I would come up with theories that I'd be like, man, I see a behavior pattern here. I've studied mm -hmm. psychology. I've studied um, behavior patterns of people. And I that's, really that's watch where you got your doctorate. Psychology. Well, actually, my my doctorate is in psychology, and then but they're both honorary. It's in psychology and philosophy. Oh, so okay. Uh, so uh, as I study people, I nerd. I notice patterns in myself, but then I started seeing the same things I saw in myself and other people on different levels and different layers. So I started to put in a book and I created a book. It's called Spiritual Human Behavior. It is one of many books that I have. I also have four faith books that are designed to help you see your way through any situation that you're going through. It's not designed to be like therapy coaching. In my perspective is to help you make better decisions for yourself so that you don't need somebody to always chime in and tell you what you need to do because you have to become 
mentally and spiritually self-sufficient so that you can connect with others from a whole place versus connecting with brokenness. And a lot of people oftentimes are connecting based on trauma, but if they heal the trauma, then there's no further connection within them. So the goal is to, again, just help people kind of become well-rounded within themselves. But because so many people growing up, um, I'm an 80s baby, growing up (laughs) in that era, um, and before that era, because the 80s babies are the last, like, good foundational generation. But before that and up into my um, time frame, you weren't really allowed to have feelings or express your feelings or girls was allowed to be overly emotional. And then guys was like, no, if you show any emotion and something is wrong with you. So teaching people how to balance that, because a lot of times when we see people having temper tantrums as adults, we give excuses for it, but it's just because they hadn't learned how to manage and process those different emotions when trauma or life happens, because everybody experiences life. But for everybody, the life experience is different. Two people could live in the same exact house and have two totally different experiences based on their perception of what life should be and what life is. So when you get a better understanding of that and you start just embracing what your life is, it helps you become more peaceful because you're Mm -hmm. not at war with yourself anymore. So the goal is, again, to help people heal and to really not be at war within. So for myself... No two people are, are ever alike, really. Well, in society, we tend to think that everybody thinks and responds the same. And mm-hmm. nobody, because nobody is alike, nobody will respond right. to the same situation exactly right. the same. There would be variations. So, and, but that's hard for a lot of people to comprehend. Yeah. It is. And sometimes, you know, like you say something to a person, of course, they have their feelings, you have yours. I always say, look, I'm not going to sit in judgment of you, so you shouldn't sit in judgment of me. You know, what you know, what I like and what I think about a situation or a person or whatever. You know, and a lot of people can't grasp that. It's like their feelings and their beliefs are right and they're right and everybody else is wrong. And it's very hard to deal with people like that, you know. It, it, it's on oh, a so. double-edged sword because you also need correction. You also need people in your life that you can take criticism, constructive criticism, not people just beating you down just to be right. talking to you down, right. but people that's really like, well, wait a minute, I could, I could see some things that could be used to change and adjust to make your life better and being able to be open to that. So there is there are the people that don't think that they can be told nothing. And then there's the people that, are in denial almost of something being you know need to be fixed rather right because sometimes people can't see themselves so I always like to say I wish I could meet myself from other people's perspective now people tell me they like mm-hmm. me and I'm nice and all of these things but are they <laughs> telling me that because they actually believe that or they're telling me that because they're uncomfortable telling me the truth that is the mental yeah. contrundrum with a lot of people well, I, I always say, you know, when you when you face something, you're on the inside looking out, not the outside. There's so many other people on the outside. And, you know, when you talked about self-criticism, you know, a lot of people can take it. Some people can't take it. And I think it's more of a conversation. A lot of people don't know how to converse. They don't know how to talk to one another. Yelling is more appropriate. Yelling does nothing. It goes in one ear and out the other. 
sitting but down. But yelling normally comes from frustration right. or some type exactly. of, you know, feeling uneasy or, or the fight or flight mode. So if you feel like you got to fight, you got to, it's a matter of teaching yourself, one, why do I, what is making me feel like I need to be uh, defensive or like I need right. to fight or yell or scream to get my point across? And normally that relates to something that you have experienced where you felt so unheard that you feel like I'm never going to feel that way again. So now mm. you do everything in your power to be more vocal, more raw yeah. than before, because right. now you feel like if you're not raw, then you're going to be taken advantage of or manipulated or whatever it was that triggered you to respond like that. So how did you get into like, all of these, you know, going from um, from being, you know, um, a psychologist and then going into sex education to a minister to the ministry and like, how did you decide what what made you want to go into all these different areas? Well, if I'm being completely honest, um, so my mother tried to kill me when I was like 17. And after that, I ended up being homeless, ended up joining the military. But in the midst of being homeless before I joined the military, I read the Bible a lot. I was just really trying to figure out like, you know, God, why would you allow something like this to happen to me? And at that time, I kind of made peace that whatever it is that God allowed me to go through, if, if I can survive it, it's to help somebody mm -hmm. else. So mm -hmm. that, I think, is where ministry was budded within me. But then um, also I have my grandmother was at um community activist so she did a lot of work in the community so okay. it's some things that kind of are generational and passed on through my genes but then some of it was as I began to go into the military and then I got the military and I was very depressed and I was kind of um, displaced because I went from being an active soldier to being in war to being out of war and now I'm back and I'm a civilian and I got to figure life out as a total, like wholesome, like what am I doing with myself? And it makes you feel um, abandoned a little bit because you're like, oh my God, like what am I doing with myself now? So that's how I kind of got into church. What, I uh, end up being. Go what ahead. branch uh, the military were in? Army. 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 Yeah. Army. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, but when I got out the army, all of my comrades were still in war. So it wasn't like mm -hmm. I could call and just talk to them and feel like there was still a connection. It was really like a degree of separation there. So after that, I started going to church. And when I was going to church, it was um, exhilarating. I got saved when I was in Iraq. I went to a church one day in Iraq um, on a Sunday morning. And I went and I asked for prayer. I mean, I fell out. I started speaking in tongues. And when I say speaking in tongues, I was not trying to do anything extra. It was just a regular day for me in this tent church. And I was saying, thank you, God. But when I was, what I was saying, I couldn't hear that come out of my mouth. Like, and I was like forcing myself. So from that time, I always felt a different spiritual connection. Uh, then the pastor that was over the church at the time in Iraq for our unit, he pronounced a whole lot of things and told me how I would do all these great things. And it was like, I was in a, a trance, like stuck. Like mm -hmm. it was, it was a different type of experience, but so after he did all of that, so when I got out and was going to church, it scared me at first because I couldn't control how my body would react when I was there. I could be like perfectly fine and I'm crying and I'm wanting to yell. And it was just a whole lot for me as somebody that didn't necessarily grow up in church. Mm -hmm. So right. when I came to Atlanta, 
I was able to go to a church that made me feel comfortable with it. So I was in church for about six years. Um, I did take ministry classes there and thought about like how to become an ordained minister because I have very vivid dreams that sometimes come true and different little intuitive things about myself that I just recently understood like within the last 10 years. So that kind of led to me thinking about ministry. Then we moved to Phoenix to help my uh, pastor start a church there, satellite church. So okay. Phoenix, I ended up working at University of Phoenix. Then I ended up going to school for psychology, but working at University of Phoenix as a finance counselor is really what made me want to tap in with people more. I had already written my first book and I had spoke at schools, but I was talking to adults to help them figure out, well, why do you want to go to school? Well, what purpose will this serve you? You're not doing this to waste money just to get the money, you know, like mm -hmm. really trying to talk to them about making a good financial decision before getting into debt. Right. And that is what really sparked my desire to be a life coach. My choices was to actually become a psychologist or a life coach. But to become a psychologist is a lot more school, a lot more red yeah. tape. But to become mm -hmm. a life coach, you really don't have to do nothing. I just so happen to have the education and all of the experience. That and the experience, right. Life coach, yes. So Plus you and, tap and into so many different areas. You know, it's not just one thing. I, I was married before. I understand the importance of sex, but I like sex before I got married. So that I know, the, <laughs> but I know the importance of sex. So now I want to show people the real world of sex because people think that it's just missionary and you just, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. And it's really a spiritual experience if you get a real good connection with the person. Mm -hmm. Between that and just, learning more about what's available because if you don't know what's available then you might be suffering in silence and not know well one there are some things that you can do to help improve your sex life and then if you need to you can watch some stuff and learn some stuff so you can't count yourself right. out well I, I think well I think women are more like when they go through the menopause portion of their life is when they need their help. But men, as they get older and they have erectile dysfunction, you know, for them, it's like the end of the world. You know, it's like, uh, <clears throat> I'm not a man anymore. My wife's not gonna love me. She's not gonna put up with this, you know. Or, you know, they don't understand that there's a lot of things out there that can be done that can help them. And they need to help themselves too. Aside, yeah. aside from medicine, yeah. <laughs> aside from medicine, you know, the emotional, I always say your emotional outlook on life is what's really going to help you get through a lot of things in your life. You know, you've got to have that power of positive thinking, you know. And it plays a part in the sex, too, because if you think sex as a chore or obligation, whether you're a husband or a wife versus right. it just being a natural romance part of your relationship where I'm kissing you all the time, where I'm touching you and I'm hugging you and I'm making you feel wanted. Even when right. we're not having sex, even when I just go to sleep later on this evening, I've exactly. loved you enough to where you are like, well, wait, babe, I might want to get some from you this time. You know, <laughs> and, you, and you put the ball in the other person's court by just being more romantic, being playful, like enjoying each other as friends. But a lot of times we see relationships that's not starting out 
verse uh based on friendship is starting out based on well you're financially stable and i can you know use you right now or you look nice so you'll be good arm candy and then exactly. you wonder exactly. why the relationships <laughs> fall apart because y'all didn't get a chance to know each other to actually like each other you jumped in the bed and you you know just was like okay well this is it i'm gonna call it quits and then you end up calling it quits yeah, you're just not in it for all the right reasons right but then you know when you're younger you have more time to do all of that now you get to my age and, <laughs> and it's like it's like these guys are like well if i don't use it now i might be dead tomorrow you know and and <laughs> Where I'm more like the, I want the knight in shining armor, you know, I want him to come in, I want him to be, I still want him to be romantic. I still mm. want that romance, you know? I think the Disney <laughs> movies kind of spoiled us a little bit because we had oh, yeah. <laughs> a fantasy world type, I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, I think it can exist, but the things that people went through for those things to exist in all of the movies was always extreme. So are we really, really willing to go through what it takes to get the, the knight in shining armor? Yeah. And I think um, overall, movies in general throughout time have created mm-hmm. a very uh, unrealistic view or expectation the boy meets girl girls just everything is just you know fairy dust and (laughs) unicorns and and the guys you know it's the the hallmark era life is not perfect and and it's not but it i think the key is finding somebody that you have chemistry with um that you have a friendship with so that when those troubling times come you don't turn on each other you look for your friend in that person versus right. just seeing the obligation of a title or you know the what the government say that you're supposed to do this wait if we're friends right right or or religion say well you got to act like th-. no if we're friends then everything that we do will be based on our friendship first mm-hmm. and we can build from there like, and then like everything that. i mean friendships go through things but oh, when yeah. you're oh, really sure. friends you learn how to work together, you build, you, you know, you come together as a team and that's what it should be is a partnership. And it's very rare that you, we've seen that we've seen a lot of dictatorship in relationship. And then because mm-hmm. it lasts long. Oh yeah. Healthy. Oh yeah. Just because you last long is not always healthy. Some people Doesn't be like pleasurable long. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you, you know, I, I mean, I've met people, you know, married 65 years and they still have that gleam in their eye. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like nobody knows what goes on behind anybody's closed doors. But, you know, you see them and you see them interact with one another and you know they're happy. Even mm-hmm. after all these years and everything they've been through, you know that they're happy. You they might have their friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it's, it's definitely a friendship and building an understanding and respecting each other and being able to trust each other. Because trust is foundational. You could be with somebody, oh. if you with somebody that you don't trust, the marriage will be miserable regardless of how friendly you are because you don't right. really trust them. You're just trying to get go along to get along, and, and that's not healthy internally for ourselves. No, trust and uh, communication. Yes. yes, a lot of people have problems communicating. Yes, Which, what, what, that Very diminishes obvious. the trust, the, the lack of communication. Because if you clearly communicate, then we can talk about whatever the issue is so that I can be accepting, trusting, 
or just understanding of it. Even if I'm not okay with it, at least I understand what's going on so that it's not hitting me, you know, from out of nowhere. Sure. Well, can I ask you, are you working now with a lot of the LGBT community? I, so I am in a space right now where I am in a explorative uh, phase of going out in the community. I go to different types of events and kind of see what is going on in the world. So I've been Mm -hmm. going to some lifestyle, uh, quote unquote, like swinger type of events, but Mm -hmm. they don't really be, the last one I went, it was not like what I expected. I expected it to be like a sex party, but it was like a spiritual retreat type of thing. So I'm 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 in a place, but I'm going and I'm learning. What are we getting ourselves into? What do people actually like versus what society makes us feel like we have to like? So right. I I'm not exclusive to any type of community. I really talk about everything with everybody. Um, now there are a different couple of versions of myself. I do wear all the hats at the same time. It's like a colorful fluorescent type of hat you know where one <laughs> light come on and then another light come on and it's like okay well which part of me do you need because <laughs> it's all me but dr casey the life coach is going to give you a little bit different of advice or information than friendship casey because friendship sure. casey might respond a little bit differently than how i want you to respond from a healing perspective because when mm-hmm. i'm just talking to my friend what we gonna do we gonna go get them or we gonna sit here and talk about it and when i'm talking as dr casey well let's talk about it let's get our plan together and then go get them <laughs> do you do a lot of your work um online do you go to universities and schools and talk do you you know you do you have a regular um uh, practice you know as a life coach where people come to see you so in person thus far I am moving to more of a personal um, stance but thus far it's been more about creating the information and putting the information out on speaking freedom tv so that everybody okay. has access to it um, okay. I have a little conundrum within myself because I don't want to feel like I'm prostituting what I feel like is a gift from God with helping people and so it it limits me in the sense to where I don't I can't I don't feel like I'm able to say as soon as you pay me one hundred fifty dollars for an hour of my time. It's going to come on and I'm going to tell you whatever it is that you want. It doesn't like it doesn't work like that when you're really spiritually gifted. It's okay. more so whoever I'm drawn to. I'll speak words of encouragement to. So oftentimes up until this point, it's been more of an online thing. And I've like been able to help people. I've had dreams about people and like, hey, look, I had this dream about you and I don't know exactly what it means. But later on down the line, it might play into something like that's reality. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times um, when I have when I have dreams and things, I see it as it's either a warning or a premonition because I don't know what decisions a person will be faced to come to the dream that I had so it could be a good thing or it could be uh, some decisions that go bad and you have to be able to understand whatever it is that I feel and interpret that in what you need based on your prayer so if you're asking God for a sign or a path and then I come into your life and I'm like hey So I was feeling this type of energy surrounding you, or I understand this and it resonates with you, then I pray that you pursue it. Um, And I have found that 
normally whenever I encounter somebody, it's really something that they need. Like whatever it is, a conversation, whatever it is that's going on, it's not just by chance. I don't think anything is by chance, but I, I don't, I don't, I haven't had a communication with somebody that didn't need something that I said. Wow. That's very incredibly interesting. How much, you how know? much of it do you feel like I, when, you know, the subject of energy comes up, how, how much, how much do you put into that as far as, feel, how do you feel about it? It's a more of a natural thing. I always like to give this example. One time I was, I had signed up for hair school. I, as a disabled veteran, I don't have to work a job. Um, but if I choose to pursue anything financially, it's just a bonus. It's not like somebody to get a $30,000 worth of student loans and all this other thing. So they have to, um, you know, pursue the financial ends of what being a life coach or any other type of entrepreneur is. So one time I was going to hair school and when I got to school this particular day, I parked and I got out and I was walking. And as I was walking, my ankle started hurting. And I'm thinking like, I do not have any problems with my ankle. What is going on? And the closer that I get to this group of people, my ankle just start hurting worse and worse and worse to the point to where I asked the gentleman that I was passing, like, hey, um, do you have problems with your ankle or something? Because when I'm walking close to you, my ankle is hurting. And I don't understand it. And he was like, well, yeah, I was in airborne. I used to jump out of planes. I had problems. And I was like, wow. so, so I am receptive to it, but I don't try to practice it to that extent up, up until this point. Like I'm getting okay. into it. But you believe is, that plays. That, that it, it, it's really about being there. open. It's, it's being open to, open to God in a way that is beyond what religion tells us is possible. Because right. energy, we are all connected. Like everybody right. is connected to the earth by the force of energy, the magnetic magnetic um, portion of your blood that connects with the iron and the earth that is balanced by the ozone layer and the atmosphere that all keeps us contained. We're literally all connected. Um, and because we are all connected, I definitely believe that the energy force is real. I think that when we see people in church, and you see people fall out or you see the way that the crowd responds, that's the amount of energy of belief that's in that place. So it's really a, a matter of learning energy, learning how to use energy, and then accepting the reality of how all of the energy flows together. Yeah. All right. I'm going to tell you that um, 18 years ago, yesterday, I lost my youngest son, but yet I feel his presence and his spirit with me, not all the time, but it's there. And sometimes people look at me like I'm insane and other people say, yes, I, I am insane, but <laughs> we do believe you. You know, we believe that his spirit is with you, you know, and like things have happened, crazy things. Like I'm sitting at my desk and all of a sudden um, a picture that he drew for me that I kept for a very long time will come down and on the bottom says love mom and it comes right in front of me or like his Philly's hat comes off of the top of the bed and is in my my bag that I'm packing like how did that happen I didn't touch it the I, there is you know, a like, certain 
level of openness that would make people believe that you are crazy but you almost have to be crazy to believe anything outside of what society tells you is acceptable because for a lot of times when people were seeing ghosts or entities or souls then they were labeled schizophrenic or you know it's all a lot of these um, mental health disorders are truly um, spiritual giftings that people don't know how to use and adjust and embrace so now it leads to depression because if you take you know everybody's energy around you you're going to be depressed if you don't understand who you are as a person you're going to be depressed so a lot of times even when I think about autism a lot of times autistic children are extremely intelligent very very much processes differently so now we look at them like they're slow and they're not really slow they're really smarter than us but we can't Mm -hmm. conceptualize the intelligence of their minds right well i i know that i feel this presence i i'm not going to tell you that i see ghosts i don't see ghosts you know i've never seen a ghost but um but no i feel his presence and other people feel his presence also not all the time, doesn't happen all the time, you know, but I just do believe in a spiritual world where, you know, I think these things can happen, that these people can connect with you emotionally somehow. Definitely. That's, that's, that's what I believe, you know? Definitely. It's, that is definitely a, a reality, whether people decide to believe it or not. Honestly, even the people that don't believe it for religious reasons is no different than the person believing in Jesus and asking Jesus exactly to and do all right. because that is still a person that is spirit now that you have to believe in to come exactly. Into life. So it's the same thing, but um, a lot of times society and religion has kind of made us feel like, oh my God, this can't be. No, it's it's the same thing, and <laughs> it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Like um, when people talk about uh, magic or witchcraft. But chemistry is the same thing, you know, is earth well, yeah. and things coming together in order to make whatever elixir that that the medicine is. It's 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 just two different narratives painted to look different. Right, right. So where do you go from here? Where are you going? You know, what is what is your plan moving forward? So I know, oh, I know you have uh, speaking freedom and speaking freedom is very important to you. And that's speaking freedom TV. Well, speaking freedom um, is the business. And then speaking okay. freedom TV is the um, platform that I use to put out videos. I have about, I'm on uh, season 16 right now. And I have where, 20. Where do you air these on, on uh, they're on YouTube. Um, they're on all platforms, YouTube mostly. Uh, but okay. also on Vimeo. Um, so I broadcast through Vimeo because it is a platform that you have more control of. It's not a whole mm-hmm. lot of red tape versus like on YouTube, they have all of these contingencies to be able to do anything um, or right. they might take your video down. So I mm-hmm. use Vimeo, but I definitely share through YouTube. And so going forward, I've been just building the uh brand of speaking freedom tv putting all the videos out there so once i get finished and i get to i believe it's going to be season 23 um will be the last season that i'm uploading i am going to get back into advertising and marketing so that people could actually find the videos because right now i really don't even advertise the videos like i'm not putting clips out anywhere right now it's just me trying to 
um, work through the content because I am doing all the editing myself. But you are doing marketing right now by being on the podcast and, you know, putting yourself out there, you know, and, you know, this is going to go out to a lot of people and the more, the more podcasts that you're on, the more people are going to see. And that's really a good form of marketing for you and for what you're doing, you know, and And I've been doing um, the interviews for probably about a little bit over a year now. And I've picked up, you know, a little bit more. Um, within the last, I want to say eight to nine months, but this was, this is the start of me being out publicly because a lot of times I used to work with a lot of people and kind of hide the work that I do. Right. Um, I know a lot of celebrities. So a lot of things that I do, I don't, a part of not being a psychologist is not having to tell people who I work with and what I do and how I right. do it. Exactly. Not even by subpoena. Exactly. <laughs> so as a life coach, it gives me a little bit more protection. Um, to be able to work with different people and to kind of keep it under wraps. So I hadn't been um, really doing a lot of like regular advertising, but the people that need to know me, I believe know me, but now it's time for others to be able to share. it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You have so much to offer, a lot to offer a lot of people. And uh, I think it's wonderful. I've so much enjoyed being with you today and listening to you. And uh, I'll I'll catch some of your uh, podcasts or I should, your series, I should say, on um, YouTube because uh, I do go on there. Our stuff is on there too, and um, I think you just have to keep moving along on the podcasts, you know, and a little getting more out there to as many people. And and LinkedIn too. Are you on LinkedIn? I am. Yeah. Okay. You can you can build up a following on there with a lot of people and, and you can, and I'm, and I'm sure you, you put stuff on there, you know, well, you post. The, the last wave that I completed before this was getting all my books copyrighted. And then mm. over this okay. last summer, I, I put all of my books on um like major uh, mainstream distribution. So they're on Apple books, Amazon, but I'm not, I'm in a, I'm not in a rush. I'm pacing myself to make Mm -hmm. sure that whatever is coming with it, I can keep up with it because what I've seen is that sometimes celebrity and fame come fast and I don't necessarily want to be famous. Uh, Right. No, yeah. I I got a lot of internal struggles with pursuing um, what I believe God is leading me to, but I try to just, you know, take it in stride because I want to help people. But yeah, it's once you become famous or people think that they know you, it just is a whole can of worms. No, there. your life is so much different then. I mean, someone said that to, to us too. And it's like, no, we enjoy talking to people in all walks of life, all walks of life. And and people that are doing things that are important. You know, it's not it's not just the comedy, even though Funny Minds is a comedy podcast, you can find the humor in anything, you know? Right. And that's very important. Humor is very important. Laughter is very important. Being uplifting is very important. But it's so important to us to really just go out there and meet so many different people in this world. And there's so many people that have so much that they need to say. And if we can help get people out there with their message, then that makes us feel good. You know, that's a good part in our heart, too, that, you know, we're doing other people. Because somebody can hear your story and feel connected from it. 
I didn't hear you, so sir. You're, you're doing some research now on sexuality. Is that eventually going to lead to another book? Well, um, so right now I have, um, I am create, I, I do a little Twitter um, porn kind of thing. Like Twitter is the savagest porn that I've ever seen in my life. But I think that porn can be educational. So right now I am creating a site called The World of Sex so that I can really kind of edu- educate people. Okay, write that down, sex. World of Sex. <laughs> yes, because I need to educate people about sex. Um, and sometimes education is in exposure because sometimes when you're underexposed, then when you see it, you just become obsessed with it. Right. And then when you're overexposed, now you don't even get aroused by what's in front of you. So it's, you know, stimulation mixed with um, educational exposure. So I want to try to expose people because people think that, well, it's it's certain things people won't do and nobody likes that. And no, literally, somebody likes anything that you could imagine doing. There's somebody out there that will meet your need. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Or sometimes people need to see that other people are open to it so it's okay to do it because there's some people that want to try things and they don't think that they should or they could or they're shameful Mm -hmm. but being able to see well no this is how you do it if you're really gonna try it that can help you be like okay well let me I feel more comfortable because I've seen it I've, I've been exposed to it as a whole so I can kind of at least make a better decision on if I'm gonna do it if you want to try it right right Wow, very interesting. You, Doctor Casey. You, uh, I hope I shouldn't just call you Casey. <laughs> uh, all right, Doctor Casey. <laughs> it has definitely. Been, um, it, it has been. That's what I say. It's definitely been great talking to you both. Um, I hope that I was able to be a little bit enlightening. <laughs> oh, it's been very enlightening. Very, very enlightening. I, I was so excited. You know when I. When I was on Apple and I was looking for people to invite, you know, um, and and I saw your, I said, oh my God, I have to have her on the show. I hope she wants to come on the show. And when you came back to me and said, I'd love to be on the show, I got up and did a little jig because I'm Irish. (laughs) Yeah. So I get up and do my little Irish jig. (laughs) And I was so, so happy that you said yes. And and I wasn't wrong. You were everything I thought you were going to be. You were absolutely an amazing person. Well, thank and, you. Um, call her Dr. Love. Yeah, Dr. Love. That's <laughs> Dr. Love. I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> and I'm really wishing for you a lot of success in what you have to do. And if we play a small part in that by you being on our show, that would make that'll make us both very, very happy. So I um, appreciate it. Um, I hope um, you really have some dreams about your son, like where you see him vividly and you feel like you're talking to him because um, I think that that's possible, especially if, if you are able to get that type of sleep, because I think that that type of sleep that allows you to dream like that vividly will give you a lot of peace, too. Oh, I, it would. Yes. Yes. And I have had dreams. Yes. So thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I'm glad okay, you're- we're going to say goodbye for this episode and thank we're, so we're thank you so much for being on with us. I'm I'm just so happy about it. And uh to our audience out there our giggle bits and followers, um go to funnyminds.com. 
We're on every platform, but when you go on, you'll see the Spotify, hit the Spotify because we're audio and, uh, and video. So you get to see all of our people. Also, there's two organizations that are very dear to our heart, which is St. Jude's Children's Hospital and Breast Cancer. And if you go on the site, there's a big purple donate button. Please help these organizations and donate to them. And we also have a store, so you can buy a lot of crazy little things that say funny minds if you care to, and if not, don't, then don't, I don't care. <laughs> and um, there's also um, a form if there's someone you'd like to see on the show, maybe you want us to have somebody back on the show, you wanna see them again, or there's something you like, something you don't like, please just let us know. Our form is on there, our email addresses are on there, and we appreciate any type of feedback that you want to give us. So uh, again, Casey, great talking to you. Love the time that, I, that we were with you. And to all of our audience out there, please be happy, be safe. But please remember, laugh and smile. Bye-bye now. Oh,